Well, good morning, everybody. You may be seated. Wow, so good to be here at uh, Northwood, and uh, we also love your pastors, Pastor Van. So um, we had a great meal together last night, reminiscing about things in the past. And but I always love coming to Northwood uh, for the people and for the music and for the pastor. <laughs> it's all good, isn't it? And uh, I always, I love that low-end, good, solid music. I mean, how many know you're blessed here at Northwood? And, uh, you know, I know we clapped our hands for the worship team. Can we do it again? Yeah. <laughs> I get to travel a, a lot of different places because I'm part of a team called Surge. We plant churches around the world. And let me tell you, there are some places that you go where the wor worship from the beginning until the end is torture. That's exactly what it is. And everybody claps at the end because it's over. It's like, thank God. <laughs> anyway, so you are blessed. This city and this region is so blessed to have Pastor Van and Jan. Don't y'all believe that, everybody? We love them. And, you know, to find a pastor that loves you, you know, and cares about you and thinks about you and is always trying to make church better for you, boy, I tell you, it's a, it's a blessing to have good leadership and good pastors. I know you love him. Today, uh, I want to, oh, by the way, my wife is with me this time. This is Stephanie over here. I don't want to forget her. She's on the stage. My wife of 25 years, and she chased me all over Bible school. Finally, I gave in and uh, I married her. We've been married for 25 years, and uh, I don't have a lot of money, so she must be staying with me before my looks. I don't know. It must be that or something. <laughs> she said it's something else. The Lord told me to stay with you. Well, okay. Well, she's still with me anyway, so we're, we're here together. We're, I'm glad she's joining me today, and we might sneak over, go see our grandchildren over in Baton Rouge. We've got grandkids, you know? Yeah, I know we got two, so we're talking about that. Um, today, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about uh, moving past failure, and um, I've had my share of opportunities uh, or my share of failures in my life, and I know how it has affected me and decisions I make and thoughts that I have about myself, and I know sometimes I have stayed too long uh, in, in the place of failure and the effects of failure. When God has made a way for us to move, uh, to get up and move past failure, and so uh, today, I'm just hoping that God is going to just help one person at least. Just one person. If God helps one, it's worth it. If we can get up from failure and, uh, and be released from the effects and the thoughts and the feelings and move on to what God has for us. Not long ago, I heard a story uh, from Craig Rochelle. He went swimming with a friend of his in a swimming pool. And his friend was kind of like a mentor for him. And so he, he, his friend bet him that he couldn't stay underwater for a whole minute. So, I mean, you don't bet a guy anything because we'll do it. Whatever it is, you know, we'll kill ourselves. We're going to win them. You, you don't bet me. No, I double dog dare you. I'll do that, you know. So anyway, he's like one minute. Who, everybody can stay underwater for a minute. So he goes underwater 30 seconds, you know, 20 seconds. This is great. 30 seconds. I got this. But the next 10 seconds were a little bit harder from 30 to 40 seconds. And about 40 seconds down, he thought, man, this is tougher than I thought to stay underwater for a whole minute. After 40 seconds, he was making it all the way up to 50. He was almost there. He said, I'm going to die, but I'm going to win the bet. 
And he stayed underwater the whole minute, and then he came shooting up out of the water, gasping for air, and saying, I won the bet, I won the bet. And so his friend said, yeah, yeah, okay, you, 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 you stayed underwater for a minute. And then his friend told him this. He said, what if I told you that you could stay underwater for two minutes? And so Craig was like, there's no way, man, like... Like, I saw Jesus coming for me. I saw the Virgin Mary. I saw heaven open when I, you know, one minute I, I, was, I was checking out, you know? And so, no, he said, look, uh, your body and your feelings sometimes tell your brain something that's not true. And there's a way around that, and I'm gonna show you what to do. So he said, okay, let's try. So he said, the first thing I want you to do is before you go underwater, I want you to take five deep breaths. So you're going to expand your lungs, okay? So he did that. And then, then what I want you to do is when you go underwater, um, I want you to focus on something in the water. In other words, don't think about the time or coming up. Study something. Get your mind on something in the pool that's interesting to you, anything, a rock, uh, anything, the drain. Then he said, uh, after one minute, just release some air and... And, but you're still going to stay under. Just release a little bit of air and, and just, I'll, I'm just going to show you what's going to happen. So anyway, he does all of those things. So he goes underwater and, and he said, oh, and one, after one minute, I'll tap you. And I'll let you know when to release air. So he takes five deep breaths and he, he goes underwater and he's underwater. And, and so he taps him on the back like a minute, minute, wow, a minute already. And so he released air and he, and finally he stayed underwater as long as he could and then he came shooting up out of the water. He said, man, did I do two minutes? Did I do two minutes? And so Craig's friend said, yeah, what if I told you you didn't do two minutes? You did two minutes and 49 seconds. And he was like, what? And his friend was just teaching him something that I believe we can learn today is that sometimes our feelings and even our thoughts are screaming out something that are not true that are not true about us, and that our capacity, maybe we have a lot more capacity in us than we even know. And so sometimes what happens to us is that through failure, that we get locked into a feeling and a thought about ourselves that is not true. And God today wants to set you free from that because he wants you to get up and he wants you to move past that place where you've been stuck for a long time. I want you to go with me to the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. This is from the Amplified Version. And it says, For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. Now, Paul is kind of sending a letter to the Corinthian church, and he's like, basically what he's saying is you're under the control of your feelings. Ordinary impulses, you're stuck there, and it's having an effect on you. Look what he said. He says, for as long as there is envying, jealousy, and wrangling, and factions among you, you are, not unspiritual, uh, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after human standard and like mere unchanged men. God wants us to, to not be governed by feelings. Uh, feelings sometimes are so real that they become our reality. I feel like a failure. Because when you fail and when you make mistakes, there's a thought process. The first thought is, obviously, you've made a mistake. And then, once you make a mistake, 
the devil piles on and says, and you're a failure. And you're a dummy. And you can't ever get up from this. And this will always affect you. And, and so not only does the devil jump on board, everybody around you jumps on board. So they're like, yes, you're a dummy. Why did you do that? You know, and they start piling on because obviously when we fail, we affect people around us. Isn't that right? Especially if it's a moral failure or, or any kind of failure. I mean, I've, had, I've got my list of long failures in my life. But when we fail, the devil comes along and it's all targeting the way you think. Because if the devil can get you thinking the wrong way about yourself, he can get you feeling that way about yourself and so you know you got a thought tied to a feeling that becomes your reality and every time you try to do something you feel something but the feeling that you feel about moving forward hesitancy fear or, or shame or whatever you feel about moving on and moving forward being in a new relationship or whatever it is a feeling that comes with that but it's tied to a former event in the past and you're being governed, or we're being governed by our feelings. I want you to write, if you'd like to take notes, I want you to write this down. These words that I am not moved by what I see, and I'm not moved by what I feel. Aren't you glad, everybody? I am being molded by what I believe. So what I see and what I feel does not really, uh, is not always the truth. What I see when I see myself in the mirror maybe is not the truth. And what I feel about myself, thank God there is a higher reality uh, than just what I see and what I feel. It's called the word of almighty God. It's called the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us that can get us out of the pit and thinking the right way about ourselves and feeling the right way about ourselves. So what God wants to do is he wants to attach in your life a new feeling and a new thought about your failure. Because maybe you never had God's thoughts about your failure, about what you have been through. And I have been through many, many. Not long ago, I was driving home from church. And you know, every pastor has a dream Sunday. And I'll tell you what it's like, okay? We stand in the pulpit and people are saying in the congregation, this man is from another world. The wave starts from the left to the right as you're speaking and the clap, uh, spontaneous clapping goes on and the wave, you cannot stop it. God is moving in such a powerful way. At the time to take the offering, people rush to the altar and fill the buckets up to where you have to empty them and fill them up again. This is one of those Sundays. The songs are wonderful. The music is powerful. Every transition is perfect. And when people dismiss, all of the people are so sad they have to leave. They want to stay. And many do stay for the next service. That's one of those Sundays. When you get home, your wife greets you and says, the man of God. He's home. Children, stand to your feet. <laughs> now, that rarely happens, let me just tell you. <laughs> In fact, one Sunday, we had one of those where the opposite of all that happened, where the songs weren't good, the lights didn't work so good, and, and 
there was just not the energy. I felt like that the words that I was saying were jump, that were coming out of my mouth and dropping right in front of me because our camera crew, they're just on the second row and they were asleep. My cameramen fell asleep. Thank you guys for not falling asleep. Oh, you guys, you'll be in trouble if you fell asleep. Go Saints, go Saints. But they were, two of them were asleep. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Not only were the people asleep and everything seemed to go bad, a lot of people decided to just stay home, you know? Come on, clap your hands for people who came to church today in the rain. Come on, y'all. Y'all are awesome. I want to extend the full blessing of God on you. Those that are watching online, I want to extend the half blessing on you. And those that didn't come are watching, okay. <laughs> so I get in my car. I wanted to get out of that place so bad. And, and, and I'm the pastor, you know. And I remember driving down the road uh, on the way home. It's one of those Sundays you don't want to go out to eat with anybody. You, don't want, you just want to get home and just hide. Kind of crawl up under the bed and just bury your head and woe is me and what am I doing in the ministry days, you know? <laughs> and so I got a little something in me and I took my notebook, my notebook, I have a, we have a notebook, so we keep our notes in and in a three ring little binders and, and I had it in my hand and I was so mad that I took it and I threw it across my truck on the floor. Just upset. You know, I mean, know that God sees everything that you do. <laughs> that might be a secret to you, but he does. <laughs> so here I am, the pastor, mad, driving home, throwing my notebook across my truck. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You know, God is everywhere. <laughs> we just forget. And I heard these words, David, you are a sore loser. And I was like, I know that's God. I'm a sore loser. I felt convicted at that moment, but I really didn't know what that all meant until I really started to pray about it. And I realized that, that I didn't know how to fail well. That, you know, people watch you when you win. Everybody knows how to win, you know, high five, go Tigers, like no losses this year, oh, whatever, you know. I'm an Alabama fan, I know some of you are Alabama fans in here, because last time I got, I got some shouts in here, praise God, I feel so loved. That's why I love this church, Pastor Van, my Bama people are here. <laughs> so anyway, the Lord began to speak to me, because when you win, that's easy, isn't it? Everybody knows how to high-five and jump around that crazy. Woo! But when you lose to Ole Miss, I'll tell you, it's not easy. And I felt like that God spoke to me that people watch you when you fail and when you lose. And he needs people that know how to 
lose wealth. And how to get up from failure. And how to keep going through life and not get stuck in that one place. I remember something happened to us that just kind of messed me up a little bit one time. I, it was just something that happened. And I remember carrying something in my heart towards this person. And every time I would think about them or hear about them, it just kind of made me feel a little bit sad and not so good. And, and uh, so I remember one day that the Lord began to deal with my heart about them. And he said, you, you know what? You have never blessed them. And I'm like, well, I know. <laughs> you, you, you just haven't blessed them. And you've just, the reason you're having an issue in your heart is because you haven't blessed them. You're trying to move on and everything, but you haven't blessed them. And so I remember that one day I was thinking about them. I remember where I was. I was right at a red light. And I was thinking about this person. And, uh, and I remember I blessed them. I remember I came to that moment because I remember feeling that feeling again. And I remember thinking, God, I just want you to bless him. Bless him, Lord. Bless him real big. And I remember thinking later on how there was something different now I felt about that person because I had a different experience. There was a moment in that truck, at that red light, I knew, and so every time I think about this person, I think now instead of, of the offense or what happened, I think about the red light and how my heart just filled with joy and compassion and love for that person and it changed the way I felt about that person. Sometimes we need to change some, some ways we think that will produce a different feeling about ourselves or somebody else to move past failure. And today, I want to give you a couple of things if you like to take some notes. And uh, I want to read a couple of scriptures before I give you some blanks to fill in or some notes to take that will remind us God's thoughts about ourselves, Or maybe somebody close to you has failed and that has affected you. Look what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 73. The Bible says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I may fail, my heart may fail, people around me may fail, we will always fail. But God is the one who will strengthen your heart so that the, the effect of failure will, will, will not latch onto you and hold you back from what God has for your life. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20 says, If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts. Some of us have parked in condemnation because that's where you park when you fail and you don't move forward. And you really, every day, your thoughts are going back toward a major failure in your life. There's something that your thoughts go back to on a daily basis. And God wants you to move forward beyond that and get unhitched and unstuck from that place of failure. God, he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, then we have confidence before God. 
Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were out sinning, we were out doing things that we shouldn't do, when we were failing, in the moment of failure, or before that even, Christ died for us. That's something you need to know. There's a story in the New Testament, Testament about some scribes and some religious people that found this woman in adultery. And so they were excited. <laughs> they were like, yes, we found a failure because we're going to get Jesus because Jesus is preaching this, this easy gospel. You know, he's preaching this shallow gospel and this mercy gospel, this grace gospel, and we're going to catch him so that, we, you know, we, we can, uh, you know, confuse him, catch him in his words. And so they bring this woman to Jesus. She was caught in adultery. I always wonder where the man was. He never caught the man. He, he, got, he must have got away. <laughs> so, so they bring this woman who had committed adultery before Jesus. And they said, now the law says that this woman should be stoned. Now, so what do you say? They're like, oh, here we are. He's going to preach that easy gospel, that, e, that, 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 that wishy-washy gospel. And so Jesus just started to address the man. He said, well, why don't the first person to throw the first stone, why, why don't you throw it? If you, if you have no sin, why don't you be the first one? If you have no sin. And the Bible says he just knelt down and began to write in the, in the dirt or in the sand. I always wondered what he wrote in the sand. It had to be something that shook them up because they all left. I think that he sat down and he looked at one guy and he probably, it's like, oh, okay, Sally. How does he know about Sally. I'm out of here, buddy. And he looked at another guy and he wrote, Alice. That guy was gone. I think by the time he finished writing the sand, it was like, maybe he just wrote one name or two and the rest of them were like, I'm out of here. <laughs> the word's going to get out to my wife. And so they all left and here she is before Jesus. And here's the words that Jesus said to her. And these are the words that God wants to say to you. And he wants you to receive. He said, we're, we're the ones that condemned you. We're that. She said, well, there, there, there no, there's nobody here. He said, neither do I condemn you. Isn't that awesome? That's the grace side of the gospel. That maybe that's what you need to hear today. Neither do I condemn you. But here is the other side. The tension between grace and, and, and holiness. He said, well, now don't sin anymore. Go and sin no more. So you have Jesus in all his wisdom just pulled it all together. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, why would God say to us, don't go sin anymore? It's because he knows the effects of failure. Some of you are still under the, the effect of failure. And God wants to break that off of your life. The way you see yourself, the people that you are trying to date show that you see yourself as a failure. The people that you associate with or, or the things that you attempt uh, still show that you're struggling with who you are. And maybe you're seeing yourself as less than what God made you. When God created you, you, you just came out of his mouth as a, as a living being. And he created you and he loves you because he created you. You belong to him. And you have gifts and talents and when he sees you, he loves you. 
But when you see yourself, what do you see? What do you see in the mirror? Jesus wants you to know this, that he does not condemn you because of your failure. Somehow in your mind, you've got to get that registered. That needs to get down deep in your heart. Maybe today, you're going to have a moment where you're going to really latch onto that and believe that. Here's a couple of things we need to know. First of all, that my failures did not define who I am. Aren't you glad? Just because I fail doesn't mean that I'm a failure. My kids have made quite a few mistakes. I've got, some, I've got one daughter that's married, and I've got one daughter that's in college, and she's kind of liking a boy, and I've got a, my son, she's, he's kind of liking a girl. Then I've got my youngest, she's 17. And I've asked all my kids to wait till they're 18 to date, and so she's got five guys lined up when she turns 18 in December. But along the journey, my kids have made mistakes. And they made a few big mistakes. But I never see them as a failure. They're my kids. Good looking like me. You never see your children. They can fail every day. But where you at, Mama? Cheering them on. That's my son. That's my son. He's going to make something out of his life. He's 40. Ain't got a job yet, but that's my son. I'll tell you what, I love my mom. I'm barely in my 40s, but she still thinks I'm awesome. <laughs> How do you think God sees you? God never sees you. No matter what your life looks, you may be in such filth of sin. Day in, day out, day in, day out. There you are. You're God's child. Some of you are not even in a relationship with God, and God still loves you just like you are. You're not even a child of God yet, but today I will give you an opportunity to start. But God loves you right there. In all of that, he loves you right where you're at. So his acceptance is not based on my performance. I mean, I can always come home. I love the welcome home sign. You know, the, some of us started out in church and kind of got away from church. And aren't you glad there's a place that has a sign on the front, welcome home? doesn't say to check your sin at the door. It says just come on in like you are. All messed up with many, many failures in the past. And, let's, and let us help you get past those failures and move on. God gives grace because he believes in us. The very fact that God would be gracious and give us grace shows that he believes there's potential in us. Otherwise, God would just stop giving us grace. It's just a sign that God believes that we can do better, that we can do something great for him. And so he just gives us grace and he keeps giving us grace because God knows your potential. And failure, when you're stuck in failure, you're not seeing your future. You're not seeing your full potential. You're just stuck there in the past and looking at your mistakes. So God gives grace because he believes in me. God gives also love and loves us and that expels all fear from our heart and our life. 
And my children, they can act up all day long, be rebellious, have a bad attitude, not make their bed, not wash their dishes. I mean, all day long, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, if you have kids that are over 12, you know what that means. And if you have younger kids, you'll find out. And at the end of the day, your child can approach you with a smile on their face and ask you for money. Come on, kids, where you at? Hey, Daddy, I want to go to the movies. Because they know that there is no fear because of the love that you have for them. How much more does our Father love us? Sometimes we've camped out far away from God from asking him anything because of our failure. Perfect love casts out all fear. God wants us to think of the future with hope. I love Jeremiah 29, 11. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Look at this. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. <laughs> Aren't you glad God's plan on not harming us? <laughs> you know, he could kind of just zap us if he wanted to, but he said, look, this is the plans. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. A hope and a future. Here's God with his plans for you. Not just when you're in church on Sunday, kind of held it together this weekend. I didn't do much wrong this weekend. Woo-hoo! <laughs> a little more than offering this Sunday it's like surely God is really really shouting up there in heaven for me today because I've kind of when God says this I have plans to prosper you not harm you it's when we're sitting there before Jesus like the adulterous woman after a major failure after a major failure in our life sin and and we've offended God and we know we've done wrong and we have failed That's the moment God wants to whisper in your ear, I have plans to prosper you. I have plans to help you and to give you hope in the future. Don't stay where you're at. So if you're stuck, you just need to change your focus. You need to get some good thoughts from God about you, about where you're at. And get up and move on. So what do you need to focus on? Let me give you a couple things to focus on, and we're going to wrap this up this morning and go to Chick-fil-A. Oh, they're closed on Sunday. (laughs) Where shall we go? I I, know not where. We'll have to figure it out. If we want to move forward, let's focus on God's thoughts about ourselves. I just want to encourage you, if you could just download 10 things God thinks about you. If you're, not, if you're not sure, go to one of the pastors and one of the leaders and say, can you just tell me 10, 10 things God thinks about me? Write all 10 things down of how God thinks about you. First of all, he loves you unconditionally. There's only one person that loves you unconditionally. Some of you that are dating, are dating right now, you think they'll love you unconditionally. Nope. <laughs> They're loving you conditionally. Just slap them. See what happens. <laughs> you can see how conditional that love is. <laughs> Don't slap them. Don't do that, please. I'm just saying. It's just saying it's conditional. But there's one who loves us unconditionally. He loves us. He believes in us. He has forgiven us. 
And he wants you to lift your eyes up a little bit away from your, your failures and, your, and yourself and focus on what he has for you. Get his thoughts about you. Now focus number two on God and not your mistakes. Stop thinking every day about what you've done wrong and just start thinking about the goodness of God. God is a great God. He's a wonderful God. He's on my side. He's fighting for me. He believes in me. Get the thoughts of God and then focus on God and, and stop spending so much time. Every time your thoughts try to go back to the past, just focus on the goodness of God. The next thing is focus on the future and not the past. Get your thoughts going forward. Write down a dream. Write it out. A bucket list, a dream. Write it down. What do you want to do for God? What, if, if you'd never done anything wrong, what would your life look like? What would you plan like? If you, didn't, if you had no sin and no failure in your life, what would you do today? And write it all out and start thinking about that. The fourth thing is focus on just trying one more time. It'll help you. Some of you are so disappointed in relationships. You've had two or three and they've just failed. And you just stopped. You stopped thinking maybe somebody could love you or you could love somebody else. And Some of you have just stopped trying to have a business or whatever God's called you to do, whatever's in your heart to do. And part of moving on is to focus on just, okay, what's my first step? Today, your first step may be just to start a relationship with God. And we're going to lead you in a short prayer in just a minute, if that's you today. So focus on just trying again. And then the last thing, just focus on helping somebody else. The Bible says, he that refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. So it's amazing how we know how to encourage other people. You can go to a bar. I'm not encouraging you to do that, but I mean, you can go to a bar and ask a person, what should I do? I mean, I feel terrible about myself. And they'll put the hand on the shoulder and say, man, you're going to make it, brother. You're going to make it. <laughs> Roll tide, you know. <laughs> people know, we know how to encourage other people. And just listen to yourself talk to a person who has failed. I'm talking about failed miserably. Tell them what God thinks about them. Tell them everything you know about God. Just, tell, just dump everything you know about God on them. And listen to yourself say that. And say that back to yourself. Because that's the way God feels about you. So today, I'm going to pray for you. Because some of you are going to get up from where you've been. And you're going to move past it. You believe that? I'm going to ask you if you just bow your heads with me this morning. Father, I thank you for your children. You saw every person when they drove up on this campus. You saw where they parked their life in a failure. And God, I, I pray today by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the word of God that you would break them free from their failure in Jesus' name. I break every spirit of condemnation off of this congregation over every man and every woman. I break it off of their life in Jesus' name. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ. God, I pray that you would deposit hope for the future. God, there were people in the wrong place last night, and today you are telling them that you love them.
and you want to help them. God, I pray in Jesus' name for leaders that have not led because they're hooked or to a past failure, for people that are struggling with condemnation and people that are not attempting great things because of failure in the past. God, set us free this morning in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that we're moving past failure and we're moving on to what you have for us. This morning, if you're in this room and you're a Christian, I just want you to just receive from God. I just want you to receive this word from God. Just say, God, I receive full forgiveness. Come on, just say, I, got, I receive full forgiveness for all of my failures. And I will not camp out in failure and remain in this place any longer, but I will move forward. Come on, just, you just talk to God about yourself. I want to talk to you, sir, ma'am, that you're in this room and you're not in a relationship with God. Maybe you at one time were in church, but you know you don't have a personal relationship with God, but something drew you to this place. Maybe a friend invited you, maybe you saw it on TV or an advertisement, and in your heart you came here. And God just wants to say that he loves you. And you feel like a failure, but he doesn't see you as a failure. You're just a lost son, and he wants you home. And today, with a short prayer, your sins can be forgiven, and you can start a personal relationship with God. All of the sin that you've committed, Jesus paid for when he died on the cross. And the Bible says that all you have to do is just receive what Jesus has done for you. Receive the forgiveness. And open your heart to God and he will come live on the inside of you and you will be in a personal relationship with God. You need God in your life and that's why you're here. And I'm so glad you're here. And the whole team, Pastor Van, I know is so glad you're here. But this morning, just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you're that person. But this morning, you know you're not in a relationship with God. Or you at one time were, and today you feel like, you know what, today's my day. I need to come home. If that's you, I'll, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and put it right back down right now. If that's you, you say, Pastor, that's me. And today I want to say that prayer with you. If you'll just raise your hand and just put it right back down. Anybody in this room that says that? With your heads bowed, I want you to just say this word. Just say this to God. The hands that went up, everybody. And if you didn't raise your hand, go ahead and say this prayer also. If you say it, in, if you feel it in your heart, just say, Dear God, I need you in my life. I'm ready to come home. So today, I want to receive the forgiveness that Jesus is offering me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my mistakes, for dying for my rebellion for dying from my failure. And today I give you my life. I ask you to come live on the inside of me. I want to start a personal relationship with you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for coming to my life. Thank you for loving me just like I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're so excited for you today. I'm excited for believers moving past failure. And I'm excited for new believers also that are 
taking their first step. The Bible says in heaven there's celebration and shouting. Come on, yeah, clap our hands for every sinner that repents. So welcome home. Amen. If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God. So we'd love to help you with your next steps. If you'll go to northwood.tv connect and fill out the online information card, our lead pastor, Van DeCote, wants to send you a letter that tells you some more steps to take that'll help you maintain your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you live in one of these areas, we'd love to see you at one of our services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and locations. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv give or simply text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you next time.